your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Wednesday late evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the app and join me this week, one of Saturday or Sunday, to get in on the action after the game against Buffalo. Locker Room changing the game. We talk sports. So, welcome back to another episode. I'm, I apologize. I could not do one on Tuesday. I'm just finishing up this vacation here with a couple family members. It has been going on, I think, since what? Friday now. But I, I do end up coming home on Friday. But you know, the podcast never stops, and I'll have another episode tomorrow after the game against Philadelphia Flyers, and of course on Friday previewing the big uh, weekend series against the Buffalo Sabres. I really shouldn't say the big series against them. It's just a regular series just because Buffalo is so bad. But for today's episode, I'm going to touch on some practice stuff that came out of that today. Preview the game against the Flyers and get to a couple other things, namely the Vancouver Canucks situation, because it honestly makes no sense that they should have to um, continue their season. But overall from practice, there were some interesting lines. So we, we finally got to see where Mike Sullivan is thinking with Jeff Carter right now, who of course, was acquired late Sunday night, early Monday morning. You know, it was, it was basically announced at about 10:40 that they were going to make the trade, and then it wasn't officially announced until 1:40 a.m. It was so funny. I stayed up till 1 a.m. I'm like, you know what? I'm on vacation. I'll stay up a bit to see if it gets announced, and then of course, you know, it gets announced 40 minutes after I go to sleep. So that's kind of annoying because usually I can stay up till 1:40 a.m. if I really wanted to. I mean, I've done 2 a.m. Um, so many times throughout my life. I've done 2:30, 3. Um, I haven't pulled an all-nighter since I was 12 or 13. I just can't because I get way too tired. I remember when I did pull that all-nighter, I was so tired the next day. And I remember I took a nap at like 4.30, woke up at like 7.30, and I actually thought it was like a, a new day because I, I was asleep for three hours, but I honestly thought I slept for like 12 or 13. But it was not to be with that, and I just have not done an all-nighter since. But I wish I could have stayed up the extra 40 minutes to see what everyone was saying, but I still got to see what everyone was saying um, when I woke up the next day. I like, it was like 8, 8.30. But anyways, going back to the practice stuff, Gensel, Crosby, Russ was the first line. Not really surprising in the slightest. Um, they have Jason Zucker with Jared McCann. Zucker was on his off wing. Josh Getzoff had um, McCann and Zucker switched up. It was McCann, Carter, Zucker. Some people were freaking out about Zucker playing on his off wing. You know, like, well, this is what happened with Jerome McGinley. I mean, p- people, this is only going to be for a couple games until they start getting some bodies by, namely Kasperi Captain, Evgeny Malkin. I'm not sure if any of you all paid attention to what Ron Hextall said on Monday, but he did say that Kapanen is about... Um, well, right now it's about a week to about a week and a half away from returning to game action. He started skating and then of getting Malkin. He said he's still not sure, but that he sees himself playing before the regular season ends. I think Rob Rossi actually had an article in The Athletic a couple days ago after uh, Hextall spoke and that he said some uh, team and league sources have told him that Malkin is targeting, um, I think, the last two or three regular season games to return to game action so he can get some games in before the Stanley Cup playoffs. I guess that's a loose date. I mean, he's been skating, I think, for about a week now, so hopefully it's sooner rather than later, but I definitely think they're going to get at least both of those player back, players back. Excuse me, um, Brandon Tanev, though, his is a bit concerning because Hextall said he's not going to be back before um, the regular season ends. So we're looking at at the earliest game one of the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs, and maybe even that is 
reach at this point. I'm not really sure what injury it is. I mean, Hextall did say it's a tough injury to gauge. You know, I don't know. Is it like an MCL sprain or something like that? I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm sure we'll get clarity on it after the season when usually the players own up to what they went through. But, you know, like I, I'm, overall, I'm happy with the Zucker-Carter-McCann line. I think if you want to have Zucker on his off wing for a couple games, so be it. Um, you're playing with a player in Jared McCann who has had his best season in a Penguins uniform. And then, yes, they are moving Carter to center, which is where I want him to be. I, I've seen some people say, well, you know, you can just have McCann at center and Carter at wing. You don't have to force Carter to play at center. I get that sentiment, but right now he is still the second or third best center on the team. And when you have Evgeny Malkin, who is still out of the lineup, you want to be as deep down the middle as you can until he comes back. Because, you know, your playoff berth, it's still not 100% guaranteed yet, though, if you look at Dom's model from the athletic it's all but it's I think 99% guaranteed so yes the Penguins very 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 likely will get in but still you still want to win these games and make a run at the division which is obviously what they want to do I mean I mean I think 10 of the Penguins 14 games left I was on today with Wesley Euler and he told me this they're against the bottom four teams in the East Division the only other four games they play um, two against Boston who of course trail the Penguins by um, six points I think right now and then Two against the Capitals, who are four points up on the Penguins, and just uh, locked up Connor Sherry to a two-year deal, and then of course made the big trade for Anthony Mantha. So those are the only four games left against playoff teams. All, all the other games, you know, they have three left against the Flyers, four against Buffalo, and three against New Jersey. So the schedule is still lining up pretty nicely here for the Penguins to end it. The other lines: Ashton Reese is reunited with Bluger, and then Evan Rodriguez. I understand people wanted to see Rodriguez with Zorker and Carter, but I mean they're going to load up the top top six as best they can with Evgeny Malkin and Kasperi Kapanen and out, and then the fourth line Zohorna with Jankowski and Xavier Sam Lafferty is the odd player out, and that's not unexpected. People, I mean Lafferty has not been a good player this year. I, I made this comparison I think on the post game with Matt Dyke and a couple other people on Penguins Twitter. He is basically a mini version of Bobby Farnham. He's all speed, can deliver a nice hit, but when it comes to his hands playmaking ability, goal-scoring touch. He has absolutely nothing, and it's honestly been like that for his whole NHL career thus far. I mean, I know he had a couple nice games during last season. I think he had that big goal against Washington. Might have been Super Bowl Sunday. Might have been a game after that. And he had goals in some other games. It was like, wow, you know, he's really showing himself as a potential 12th, 13th forward, or honestly an everyday regular player. But now, just this season, it has been anything but that. He, he struggles every single night, and he will not be in this lineup when the playoffs begin, if this team is healthy. Jankowski is back in the lineup, though. When I assume Evgeny Malkin comes back, Jankowski is going to be the odd man out. And then when, I think, Kapanen comes back, Zohorna gets taken out. And then I think when Tanev comes back, I think you will see Colton Seaver be a healthy scratch as well. I think the top 12 for Pittsburgh, when they are fully healthy, Gensel, Crosby, Rust, and then I would have McCann, Malkin, Kapanen. And then I would have Zucker, Carter, and Rodriguez. And then Ashton Reese, Bluger, Tanev. I think that is the best top 12 that the Penguins could run with going into the playoffs. I know Colton Sevier has played well these last couple of games, three goals in those two games um, against New Jersey. Um, Zohorna has played well, was almost a point-per-game player for his first four to five games. Jankowski had six 5v5 points going in, I think, to Saturday's game, something like that, which I think was tied with Gensel for the team lead when, um, when Malkin went out. 
but let's be real here, people. I mean, they're not going to be in the lineup if this team is fully healthy going into the playoffs. Rodriguez is a perfectly capable bottom six option. I think he's played his best hockey these last three to four weeks, so I think keeping him in the lineup, especially on that third line with Ashton Reese and Bluger, I think that's going to be an intriguing line here down the stretch to see how much offense they can put up because Aston Reese is having his best offensive output of his career. So is Teddy Bluger. And like I said, Rodriguez is playing really well these last few weeks. He maybe is not shooting as much as people would like him to, but he still has some nice hands and his playmaking ability has been through the roof, I would say, um, these last two or three weeks. The defense was perfectly fine. Jumon Latang, Pedersen, Marino, Matheson, CC. I would expect Tristan Jari to start on Thursday against Philadelphia. And you know we're going to preview that game coming up in the next segment, and just look at the what the what's happened with the Flyers this season overall because it has not been pretty with them. Um, they are just an absolute mess. Um, ever since the beginning of March, that team has not been the same. But before we do that, it is time to talk about. Locker Room. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Penguins podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room either Saturday or Sunday after the game against the Buffalo Sabres. You can download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. You can follow me at Hunter Hodes to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Like I said, I'm planning to be live Saturday or Sunday around 5.30, 6 o'clock. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Penguins and see you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We also cannot forget about Built Bar. There's 18 amazing flavors, 6 new ones, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp. The 12 originals are always there. Banana brand, mint brownie, salty caramel, double chocolate, and orange. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. One of my favorite flavors is still the cookies and cream. If I can find that here. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BillBar.com. All right, now that is all, all out of the way, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow these shows Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Big game for Pittsburgh on Thursday. I know the Flyers are basically out of the playoff race. I think on Dom's model, I checked it today. I think he posted it on his Twitter. The Philadelphia Flyers have a 1% chance of making the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, That is a far cry from where it was um, just a little over a month ago. I remember um, this was was the big moment, I think. This was the turning point, excuse me, of the season, I remember, because my girlfriend went away for a weekend, just a weekend up to Philadelphia to see some of her best friends from college. And, you know, they had those two games left against the Flyers, and the Penguins were, I think, trailing them at the time in the standings. And after they lost that second one, they won the first one, they had that third one, and it wasn't looking well. Um, I think they were, what, trailing for a lot of the game. Um, They ended up tying tying it, excuse me, going into the third period. And then Jared McCann gets probably the top two biggest goal of the season, and the Penguins were able to win that game and lock it down for those last eight to nine minutes. And that turned their season around, and that also sent Philadelphia's season um, the complete other way. I mean, they had an absolute terrible march. I mean, Carter Hart 
had his worst month of it of his NHL career. Excuse me. I think he basically was like a minus 14 in goal save above expected, something like that. I think he was bottom five, bottom 10 in the league. And then Brian Elliott was not much better. Um, their goaltending full-on tank their season as well as their defensive effort. It has been a mess of a season for Philadelphia, and I would not be surprised to see them can a lot of their coaches after the season. I think they're going to make a lot of changes as well. I mean, it's always fun to make fun of Philadelphia, especially if you are a Penguins fan. I mean, they haven't done anything since 1975. You know, they'll still hold on to that 2012 series win and a bunch of other stuff, but this is a team they've lost six of their last 10 games. They are in sixth place in the East Division. You know, not a lot of people had them there. I mean, a lot of people had them winning the division, getting top two. I mean, I was a little more down on the Flyers. I had Pittsburgh ahead of them, but I still had Philadelphia, I think. Well, did I, I actually know? I think I had Philadelphia as the first team out. But I know a lot more people did not. I mean, I think I did have Washington, New York, Pittsburgh, and Boston getting in just because obviously I wasn't sold on New Jersey and Buffalo. I wasn't sold on the Rangers. But I thought that last spot was going to come down to one of the Flyers or the Islanders. Obviously, I was wrong um, with the Islanders because they're 100% going to get in. But, I mean, you look at their lines going into tomorrow. James Van Riesdijk, Sean Couturier, Joe Farabee. You know what you're going to get with Couturier. He's one of the best defensive centers in the league. You know, his multiple Selkie trophies prove how good he is at both ends of the rink. And he really came into his own offensively these last couple of years. He's due, I think, a raise soon as well. I think if you look at his contract right now, I'm just going to look this up real quick. So I'm sorry if you hear me typing. Um, he probably has one of the biggest bargains in the league. Yes, he only makes $4.33 million per year right now. And his contract is up after the 2021-2022 season. So, um, and he's only, what, I'm just trying to figure out how, what's his age? He's 28 years old right now, people. Um, this is a player that is going to make bank with his next contract with the Flyers. It would not surprise me if he breaks 7 to 7.5 million per. And I honestly think he deserves it. You can basically rank him against any defensive center in hockey. And I think I would take him almost over virtually Anyone, maybe except Patrice Bergeron, he, his defensive work in the defensive zone is better than Sidney Crosby. And I think Sidney Crosby is having a Selkie Trophy worthy season. So he's been awesome. Second line, Voracek, Drew, Konechny. I think Konechny is a player that they're going to shop a lot during the offseason. He's he's turned into someone who I just can't stand on the Flyers. I mean, obviously haven't been able to stand a lot of the Flyers players over the years. But Travis Konechny is really just channeling his inner heel I think these last couple of years, I remember like the big mic'd up thing on the stadium series outside where he's just talking a bunch of crap to Jake Gensel and anyone that goes near him. I think of getting Malkin too. Um, Scott Walton, fresh off his five-year contract. That, of course, that was someone that I wanted the Penguins to go after, but I mean, the Flyers gave him a five-year term for $3 million per. It's not the money that is that is bad. I mean, $3 million per is not a lot, but five years for Scott Lawton is, is a bit weird, I think. Kevin Hayes is their third-line center. I just... I knew that contract was going to be a problem when he signed it. I think Hayes is a good player, but he is not worth a seven-year term worth six point whatever million it is per year. Nolan Patrick on the third line wing. I could see him getting a fresh start during this offseason just because he hasn't been as good this year. I mean, I know he, he had to come back from a huge migraine, migraine problem, excuse me, and that's obviously a very serious condition. But throughout the season, as he's gotten more playing time, I think he still has a little bit more to give. And on their fourth line, Oscar Lindblom with Nicholas Abikubel. And then Tanner Lashinsky. 
Um, don't even really know who he is. I think he was just called up from their farm team defensively. Pro Rav Braun, Sanheim Hag, and then Gossespierre and Myers. It was still really odd to me that Shane Gossespierre was not claimed off waivers. I know he makes a little over four million per, but you got to think some teams that need defense needed defense at the time. Cough, cough, Florida, who for some reason traded a third round pick for Brandon Montour, who is hashtag not good in the NHL right now. That was a bit puzzling. I think maybe a team like Arizona could have used him. Los Angeles, you probably could have claimed him, gotten an asset from him at the deadline. Ottawa, even. It was just weird that he went unclaimed throughout waivers. I mean, Myers has been decent this year for them. Provorov is their stud, but Braun has not been very good, I don't think. they. Of course, they traded Eric Gustafson. Sandheim is still all right. Robert Hegg. I mean, you look at this lineup, and it's not a bad team, but they're so inconsistent, and they play so bad defensively, and their goaltending, where it has been for the last five, six weeks, and this is where you get, and you're six in the East, and you basically, you are out of the playoff picture. I mean, if you look at them right now, they are six points behind the Bruins for that last uh, playoff spot, and the Bruins still have um, two games in hand, and I believe the Bruins still have four to five games left against the Sabres to end the season. So, like I said, it would have to be a monumental collapse from one of these four teams for Philadelphia to get in. Ellen Vigno had that really funny quote yesterday, I believe we do have a playoff team. I mean, he's supposed to say that he's the coach, but it's like, dude, you really do not have a playoff team. You honestly should just stop talking and, you know, pissing off your fan base because, honestly, there is a real chance that he might not have a job after the season, well, I mean, I should say at least for uh, Michelle Terrian and I think their other assistant coaches, they at least will be can. I'll be curious to see if they do get rid of Vignobo or if they have him going into next season. Because this was a pandemic year, but I mean, I think expectations for Philadelphia were pretty high this year. And they weren't men. And, you know, Chuck Fletcher is not someone that will shy away from doing big things. Like I said, I expect the Flyers to do one or two major things this offseason. That could include potentially trading Jacob Voracek, maybe Travis Konechny, maybe a couple other other players. I don't see them trading Giroux or Couturier or anything like that. But I do see them getting or making a couple big moves. But um, for the game tomorrow, overall, the Penguins should be able to win this and get to 3-3 three and three on the year versus Philadelphia. That gets them uh, more breathing room between them. Not that the Penguins need any more. I mean, Pittsburgh's what right now? They're uh, 12 points clear with the same amount of games played. Again, like I say, it would have to be a monumental collapse for the Penguins to have the Flyers leapfrog them in the standings. It, it's, it's not going to happen, people. I mean, the Penguins still have a six-point cushion on on the Bruins right now for that third playoff spot. And they have a 10-point cushion on the Rangers, and the Penguins are done playing the Rangers um, thus far this season. I'm not really sure who is starting in net. I would not be surprised if it's Carter Hart, even though Hart has been bad this year, but I also could see, could see them going to Elliott, who has been a bit better these last four to five weeks, but still um, not nearly as good as he was to start the season. But we'll see if the Penguins can get their fourth straight win when they host the Philadelphia Flyers for the final time at PB2 Paints Arena this season. It is not nationally televised. AT&T Sports Network for those in Pittsburgh. Uh, for those not in Pittsburgh, hint me, and I'm sure a lot of you that listen to this podcast, you can go to Sports Search and stuff like that to find a uh, stream for the game. And that concludes this segment of the podcast. Coming up the next segment, we're just going to go around the league a little bit, talk about the Canuck situation and a whole bunch of other stuff. But before we do that, it is time to talk about Bet Online. It's the fastest 
fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. It covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, sports, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts at BetOnline.ag with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So um, there was a lot that came out around the league today, especially when it came um, to the Vancouver Canucks situation. JT Miller had um, a lot of thoughts on it. And I mean, for the most, well, honestly, I shouldn't even say for the most part. I think I 100% agree with him. I'm sure um, those that follow the league, know what's going on with the Vancouver Canucks. They have not played, honestly, since NOM now because they have had the worst COVID outbreak that any team has had. I mean, you, you look at New Jersey, I think was off 14 days. Uh, Minnesota's out nine days. Montreal was only out a week. I think there were a couple other teams that are out too. But, you know, the Canucks have been off now for what? I mean, basically three weeks now. And they're only going to have one practice. And then they're asking the players to come back and finish out the rest of the regular season. And honestly, like I said, to start playing after one practice when they haven't played in almost three weeks. I mean, that's just not borderline insane. That is actually insane. And I'm really hoping the NHLPA steps in here. I mean, Elliot Friedman had some great... Um, thought he just basically did a little quick blog here. Um, he basically said, you know, we'll see where we go over the next 24 hours. At the very least, Miller's candid commentary created the possibility of change. And this is what Miller said. I, I retweeted some of it. He says, this has nothing to do with hockey. To be brutally honest, we're going to need more time than this to come back and play hockey. Even the guys that did not get COVID are not ready to play. He also says, I know people don't take this the wrong way. I'm a super competitive player, but this is not about hockey for our team right now. This is about the health and safety of our players, their family, and their children. This is not about making the playoffs. And I 100% understand this. You look at the standings right now. The Canucks are 10 points out of a playoff spot. They have, what, 14, 15 games left. The playoffs start in three to four weeks. I think the North Division is going to be potentially delayed a few days So after the U.S. playoffs start, just because the U.S. teams have not been obviously hit as hard um, as the Canucks have been these last few weeks. But what is the point for the Canucks to finish off these last 14 to 15 games? You know your season is over. You know you've had the season from hell when over half your team was tested positive for the coronavirus. Half your coaching staff, I think I read, was tested positive for the coronavirus. Why are you making them come back and play such a condensed schedule with only three to four weeks left in the regular season, only for them to be like, okay, yeah, your season's over. Now go have fun in the offseason. Just cancel it now. I know some of these boomers would be like, well, you know, they're professional athletes. that They can go and play. You know, it's only been a few weeks. It, they've only barely even had one practice, and even as JT Miller said today, they're not even ready to play yet. And they're basically going to be playing throughout the rest of the way, three games in four nights, almost four games in five nights, five games in seven nights, etc., etc. That's not good on their body. I, I know it's only going to be for three to four weeks, but that wears on you going into the offseason, especially coming off a huge break where so many of your players and so many of your coaching staff just had COVID, and in a lot of cases, it was pretty bad. 
So I really just don't see a need for them to continue their season. Um, Elliot touched on this in the blog. You know, the biggest surprise about Miller's comments is that the schedule was put together in consultation with the league, the PA, and the Canucks. Medical professionals from all three sides were involved. There should be multilateral agreement. Clearly, he isn't buying what's been sold to him. And I mean, I wouldn't either. I mean, like, it's just, I really want the PA to step in here and defend the Canucks and defend JT Miller because he is right. They should have, if they want to come back and play and finish off this season, they should have probably at least a week of practice to go before they go into games. I mean, one practice before games is simply not enough. And, you know, Elliot uh, just compared some stuff. Montreal was out a week. They practiced one day and played. That's a lot different than basically three weeks with the Canucks. Minnesota was out about a week and a half, practiced for three times, and returned with a lineup that included Kalen Anderson, Mark Barkowski, you know, Dakota Miramis. But at least they had three practice days. I mean, Vancouver's only had what, one practice, and it's been three weeks for them with how they haven't played yet, and they're supposed to start playing again, what, Friday, Saturday, something like that? I mean, I just think the NHL is being really foolish with the situation, and they truly don't give a flying shit about player safety. They never have, I don't think. They're, they're in it for the money. That's the big thing here. And I'm just really upset to see that it looks like as of right now, they are going forward with this. I mean, Elliot did say at the end of the article, you know, what was true 10 minutes ago is not always true. Now, we'll have to see if the league considers postponing more games and just giving them t- more time to practice than just one to two practice days. Because, you know, as Miller said, they, they are not ready to play. Even the players that didn't even get COVID are not ready just because they've been out for three weeks and they've hardly even been skating. So I really just had to defend Miller and the Canucks in that situation just because the league is being really stupid. Other stuff around the league, I did read Elliot Freeman's 31 thoughts. Um, I think it was on Tuesday they came out. He did confirm that the Penguins were in on New Jersey's Travis Zajac before he went to the Islanders with Kyle, Kyle Palmieri. That makes a lot of sense. He has a lot of size. He's a center. He's a player that you know some people in the media like to think that have given Sidney Crosby a lot of fits over the years, but I mean, the last time they, those two teams played before they got traded, I think Sid had like two points in, in the same game. So, really don't know where that narrative was coming from. Would have been a good acquisition? Absolutely. I think Zajac can still play, but I think at this point, I still prefer having Jeff Carter over Travis Zajac. But it's still not surprising that the Penguins did go after Zajac. Maybe they just didn't like the price that was um, there for him when talking to New Jersey's Tom Fitzgerald. And I think that's it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really can't think of much else to talk about around the league. If I'm just, you know, scrolling through my Twitter, you're making sure I hit every point. You know, nice, like I said, nice to see Connor Sherry get his two-year extension with Washington, $1.5 million per. You know, but, but he falls down a lot, though, as a lot of fans have said. I mean, I would have loved to have Connor Sherry still on this team. He has 11 goals in 40 games this season for Washington. Great for him, and great that he got the extension. Just wish that you know Rutherford didn't let him go, and they didn't have to sign Mark Jankowski and trade for Colton Sevier and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, the Sabers are apparently going to be hiring Jason Carmanos as assistant general manager to Kevin Adams. Good for him. You know, basically just call Buffalo Pittsburgh North now with how they just keep hiring um, former assistant general managers of the Penguins. Um, and now all we need for the trifecta is for them to hire Jim Rutherford as president of hockey operations. I know he appeared on something on Sportsnet tonight. He's still not going to divulge uh, the details as to why he left Pittsburgh. You know, he's going to continue to be a baby about it until the end of time. It's not surprising at this point. He's just, it is what it is, I think, at this point. 
But like I said, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Really hope you guys like this one. And I'll be back tomorrow evening after the game against the Flyers to recap that one. And we'll see if the Penguins can get another win as they go into a weekend series against the Buffalo Sabres. So with that said, thank you for listening to this one. And I'll talk to you all uh, tomorrow night.